Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Real Talk About Feminism. I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Haley. And this week, we're doing episode 18. We sure are. (laughs) Episode 18. We have a doozy today. And I don't mean that in a funny way. It's just like very packed. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah. I should have I know I shouldn't have either. I'm I'm just in a silly goofy I'm mood right now. <laughs> I really am. Um, so how's your week been? I feel like so much has happened. Um, it's been good. Um, I think so. I feel that way because you guys were out of town last weekend. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, wait, what did we do? Yeah. So yeah. I was in California last weekend. I only work three days a week, so, um, yeah, I just got to take some time off and mm-hmm. um go to California then we came back and I worked this week I worked Monday through Thursday and then yesterday I was busy doing stuff and I don't know how's your week been it's been good this week actually went by super fast um pretty much just worked <laughs> watching a lot of Olympics definitely it's been crazy there's been so many in fact our feminist highlight today is highlighting three girls women um but it's been so cool to see like all of the um olympic um all the what am i trying to say how much history is being made in the olympics and it's really cool so i've enjoyed like being on instagram and looking at all the news sources about like this person won gold for the first time this person made history it's just it's so cool it's so inspiring i hope my kids are olympic athletes (laughs) it is cool um I saw something funny. Um, so for all of you guys who don't know, I have really bad FOMO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like really bad. Like I always just want to be a part of everything. And I saw this TikTok the other day and this guy was like, why do I have FOMO? Because I'm not in the Olympic Village and winning gold medals. And I was like, you- wait, actually me. <laughs> you sent that to me and I cracked up. It's so, so true funny. though. Like I just... I think especially since COVID, like, I just want to be around people and, like, experiencing fun, cool things. Like, this is obviously, like, a historic thing. So, like, it'd be so cool to be there. But I don't think they're really letting in spectators. I think mostly family. No, not even family. Oh. There's no spectators. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think it's a good thing. But it sucks. Like, there's, like, they're doing interviews afterwards, Mm -hmm. like, after winning gold medals. And I'm, like imagine winning a gold medal and your family's like on video chat I know which is so cool like at least we have the technology to be able to do that yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah so many cool things love the olympics I was so mad because we don't have cable and so we were like okay well we are watching the olympics we have to figure it out so I was googling like how to stream the olympics for free like nothing's mm-hmm. free. <laughs> yeah. And so we ended up having to um, get YouTube TV and we had a five day free trial, which of oh. course like ended three days ago. And it's so expensive. Like if anyone is watching it on YouTube TV, like let me know because it's ridiculous. Are you asking for their sign in? No, because we made one. <laughs> it's just annoying. Um. And like that five day trial, like it goes by so fast. Yeah, it does. That's why you should just come over here and watch it with us. We have it on like every night but it's not like live because we don't have cable either we're watching yeah. it in sling and so That's we, fine. We're, we watch it and it already happened but it is still fun it is cool yeah like um 
USA women's volleyball versus China that happened a while ago, like the beginning of the Olympics. And I'm like still watching it because <laughs> yeah. I'm like watching it in increments, but I love to watch it. I love volleyball. I love watching all sports. So anything you turn on with the Olympics really is fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is fun. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't even know this was a sport, but that's cool. I know. Let's watch it. And like skateboarding and surfing are a sport now, which is so mm-hmm. cool. So cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of like news about the Olympics, I just quickly wanted to um, highlight this little article uh, because it's something that me and Ken's talked about when we saw about it. And I know that you guys have all probably seen this, but the Norwegian women's handball team, um, they wanted to wear shorts like spandex instead of wearing the bikini bottoms. And they got fined by like the Norwegian government. I can't even believe that. Yeah, they got fined for wanting to be comfortable. And here, for all of you guys, like, watching on YouTube, that's the picture. Like, they're wearing spandex. And I can't imagine, like, moving around and stuff and not wanting to have bikini bottoms riding up your butt and just wearing spandex. So deciding Your thighs chafing. Like, that's so uncomfortable. Yeah, I can totally support them by wanting to wear whatever they want to wear. But they got fined for it. And so the singer, Pink, she heard about it because it obviously was like worldwide news. Mm-hmm. And Pink, um, she paid their fine. And the fine was $1,700 for being improperly dressed. Oh, my god! And it was headed down, handed down by the European Handball Federation, Europe's governing body for handball. So, yeah, Pink, she said, I'm very proud of the Norwegian female beach handball team for protesting the very sexist rules about their uniform the european handball federation should be fined for sexism good on you ladies i'll be happy to pay the fines for you keep it up wow (laughs) wow to pink she's awesome that just makes her even more epic there's a lot of things that i've seen especially this olympics going around with women being sexualized with their uniforms like i saw this tiktok of um women's volleyball versus men's volleyball um other sports where the women's uniforms are very revealing and it's like why are men and women's uniforms so different when they literally are doing the same exact thing yeah and I've seen a lot of like debate about that too Mm -hmm. and it is upsetting like um the Russian or maybe not Russian but one of the or the gymnastics teams they were protesting the sexualization of the uniform. I think uniform. that was Germany. I could be wrong. Was it Germany? Yeah, I, I don't know who so. it was. But they wore like full-length leotards or yeah. unitards. Yeah. yeah. We it don't have to go that... down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot that we could talk about. We could do an episode on we that. We could, totally. But yeah, I just wanted to highlight that because like it obviously gained like national attention. And this celebrity paid their fine because it's absolutely ridiculous and so I'm glad that like people are seeing that yeah bold on the um European government for doing that in this day and age (laughs) what I can't even believe that but either like at least the team was all in the same uniform like it's not like they were wearing like mismatched colored spandex and like different things like it's still a uniform yeah, because, like, I remember, like, you know, just being an athlete, like, there was certain rules, like, like, yeah. running, um, a lot of people would write stuff on there, like, we would write our, our splits on our hands that we needed to make, mm-hmm. and you couldn't write, like, you could write your splits on your hands, but you couldn't write anything else on your arms or anything, because 
if your team wasn't matching, then it you could get disqualified. Like, mm-hmm. I get that. But, like, they're all wearing the same thing. They were wearing the exact same shorts. Right. So that's frustrating. Wow. Well, in honor of the Olympics, for the feminist highlights, we are going to talk about the skate this women's street skateboarding event, which is new this year. First time ever. I've enjoyed watching it. Um, so I'm going to highlight three girls and I'm saying girls because they are 13, 16 and 13. So, uh, Momiji Mishia, she is from Japan. She's 13 years old. She won the first women's street skateboarding gold medal in Olympic history, 13 years old. Um, another 13 year old, her name is Raisa Lille. She's from Brazil. She is also 13. She won silver. And then Funa Nakayama of Japan, she won bronze and she's 16. So, so young and like so talented. I can't even imagine being 13 years old and being an Olympic gold medalist. Gold medalist. That's insane. Um, so cool. And just a side note, if you've been listening for a while, you know my husband is half Japanese. So it's been kind of cool to like see like yeah. the Japanese culture because I've never been and I really want to. And so I'm like cheering for the U.S. of course, but like also like I'm so happy for Japan as well. It's just cool. Yeah, that's cool yeah. because like your your guys's kids will be a quarter Japanese, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like that's part of your ancestry now. Yeah, so that's awesome. it's really cool. So, so cool. there we go, three girls. <laughs> well, good on them. Um, I mean, I can't even imagine, yeah, like you said, being that young and winning a gold medal, but it just goes to show that you can do anything you put your mind to. Anything. So that's awesome. Yeah, age doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of yeah. young athletes in the Olympics. There are. I was wondering, what is the age requirement? I think it's 12. I think it is 12 because, like, you, there are liability factors and risks and everything, but I'm sure there's been 12-year-old athletes. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Wow, good for them. Let's get into the episode. Haley, do you want to take it away? Yeah, okay. So, like Mackenzie said at the beginning, um, there's a lot to cover with this topic. Um, It is something that we're very passionate about, and, like, us individually and our family. Um, So, today we're talking about the damage that pornography does um and specifically we're talking about how pornography fuels sex trafficking and uh, promotes sexual violence against men and women but Mm -hmm. studies show mostly women but you know we'll get into that um so kind of a little bit of background um our family has been supporting this organization for years it's called fight the new drug um, these are actually where our shorts are from. We wanted to represent. Yeah. Let's like stand back a little bit and show. Okay, I'm in a high bar stool, so, stand up. <laughs> so mine says go. live for love and Haley's says fight for love. Fight for love. So um, these shirts are from Fight the New Drug. We have a ton of shirts. We have like a ton of little cards like to give out and everything. Like our family has just supported them for years. Um, and we support this organization because it's they do a lot of work in educating the effects of pornography. So I'm going to read their mission statement because I think it's really important to understand who they are as an organization. So the mission statement of Fight the New Drug is, quote, 
Fight the New Drug is a non-religious and non-legislative organization that exists to provide individuals the opportunity to make an informed decision regarding pornography by raising awareness on its harmful effects using only science, facts, and personal accounts, end quote. So I really like the fact that they are like not political and also not affiliated with any religion. Mm-hmm. And they're just sharing the facts. Yeah, it's because just people. The facts are, yeah, it's just people who are passionate about it, who have seen the effects of it, and who want to spread awareness because it's mm-hmm. devastating. It destroys love. It destroys relationships. It destroys family, and it fuels sexual violence and sex trafficking in the world. So, like, yeah, it needs to be talked about, and that's what they're doing. So, the throughout the whole episode. Um, we're going to be referring to specifically three articles from Fight the New Drug, um, and we'll link them in the show notes so that you guys can look, but they have so many resources. They have a podcast too that you can listen to. They have videos. They have like different like, um, like segments on like how it affects your brain, how it affects the world, how it affects your heart, like everything. So check them out. Yeah. Fight the New they're Drug. They're very... They're a very credible organization, and we've actually communicated with them. They sent us a ton of resources, um, so that's been really helpful, and um, definitely go check it out. We're going to link all of these because it's super important, and everything is factual, and it's backed up by science. Like, these aren't just, like, people who are, like, trying to, like, push an agenda. Like, it's, like Haley said, it's not political. It's not religious. So please go check it out. Um, Everything that we're talking about comes from them. Yes. Um, so with that being said, um, the first thing we want to talk about before we get into the sexual violence, um, pornography is an addiction. It can, it can become an addiction very easily. And most people don't understand that, um, you can be addicted to pornography the same way you can be addicted to drugs, or you can be addicted to soda or sugar or binge eating. Like, it's the same as any addiction and all addictions can be very detrimental to you, your family, everyone around you. Um, and that's the same way that pornography addiction affects you. It's the same as being addicted to any. It works the exact same in the brain. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a little bit how it does affect your brain because it really does change your brain and it changes the way you view love, the way you view people, the way you view the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and it does this, um, because, so we have a reward center in our brain. Everyone has it. And the reward center releases the chemical dopamine. And I think we've all heard this, like about, we've all heard at least what dopamine is. Um, but if you haven't, um, dopamine basically is the chemical that is released that tells our brain like, oh, this is a good thing. Keep doing it. And when our brain is like sending this chemical, it's such a powerful chemical that when we receive that chemical, we're like, oh, like this is good. This is making me feel good. So I'm going to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And dopamine can be released like not just like with bad things, like not just with if you do drugs, like dopamine can be released like if someone does something and it makes you feel really nice. Or like if you eat chocolate. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and so your brain releases dopamine and you're like, oh, this is good. Like, I'm going to keep eating this chocolate Mm -hmm. because it makes you feel good. Um, So 
dopamine isn't always a bad thing, but the issue is that the, it can be hijacked and that's when like we start doing like things that are bad for us, but our brain recognizes it as making us feel good mm-hmm. and it keeps releasing dopamine. So we want to keep doing it. And that's how addiction mm-hmm. starts. Most definitely. And yeah. And that's not just like with pornography addiction. That's how all addiction starts. Yeah. Um, so the main issue we want to focus on with pornography in this episode is how much it fuels the sex trafficking industry. Like I truly believe if pornography did not exist, there would be little to no sex trafficking because it's such a huge issue. And, um, I read this thing from fight the new drug that said, you can't be pro porn and anti-sex trafficking. Like they are, they don't go hand in hand at all because of how much it fuels sex trafficking. And it's easy to understand why, like once you know the psychology and the science behind it. So we're going to talk a lot about that because it's a huge issue in our world, in our country, very frightening. And uh, Haley, you want to take it away again? (laughs) Yeah. So it's also something after um, a few episodes ago, when we sat down with Ophelia Mm -hmm and heard her story, a real victim of sex trafficking, um, it made us want to do this episode even more because, like, maybe if people's brains and ideas of sex weren't warped by pornography and how it's portrayed, then maybe there wouldn't be as many people who want to take advantage of people because our brains aren't seeing that all the time. Yeah, with how messed up our world is, there definitely would be, but it would be so much less. That's how big of an issue it is. Yeah, it's a huge issue. So um, one of the articles on their website, Fife Any Drugs website, um, it talks about how specifically pornography fuels sex trafficking. And there was a story, and they didn't share her name because obviously for Mm -hmm. privacy reasons, um, but there was a story of it really makes you see why, like how people don't realize like, how big of an issue sex trafficking is with pornography, like the two together. And this story, I think uh, we just want to read it because it's super short, but it really just like makes you realize like, oh, like people don't realize what they're getting into and people get trapped. So do you want to read that? Yeah. Okay. So um, this is all from fight the new drug. So start quote. It was 21 days after Jane Doe's 22nd birthday when she boarded a flight to San Diego that, unbeknownst to her, would change her life forever. That day, she would become one of hundreds of young women who had been filmed for Girls Do Porn, a wildly popular porn production company which garnered well over a billion views, ranking around the 20th most popular channel on Pornhub and reportedly generating an estimated $17 million in revenue. But what most of Girls Do Porn's million of viewers did not realize was that Jane and many other women involved with Girls Do Porn was actually a victim of sex trafficking. See, Jane never agreed to do porn at all. She had flown to San Diego to participate in what she was told would be a fitness modeling job. But when she arrived, she was met by several men who took her phone, intimidated her into signing a contract she wasn't allowed to read, plied her with drugs and alcohol, and trapped her in a hotel room where they told her she would be filmed for a porn video. Even after she tried to run away, the men physically forced her to comply. With no way out, Jane was violently raped on camera for over six hours. 
The nearly hour-long video of her abuse was then released on the Girls Do Porn website and published on nearly every major porn site, even using her full legal name in the title. When Jane first learned that videos of her rape had been published, she ran to the bathroom and was violently sick. That was a little hard to read. Yeah, so when I read that, I was just thinking, like, if that website or if that company who's publishing the videos is just publishing them on, like, Pornhub, which is a super popular, like, website, people are watching those videos and not even realizing that there was no consent involved and that she was raped and forced into all of that. Like, that was not her choice. And so people don't realize by that that by watching that video, that probably got millions of views if normally their videos do get millions it's of views. It got over by a billion watching that video, in this case. So over a billion people not knowing, but they were all fueling mm-hmm. sex trafficking because the more views those videos get, the more money mm-hmm. that company gets. And the more money they have to fly girls out for these fake modeling jobs to force them to make pornography videos against their will. And I think that story just really puts it into perspective because like, I think that most people who like most people who do watch it, it turns into an addiction and it it literally changes your brain. And most people that like that, that doesn't make you a bad person. And like bad people are, people who fuel sex trafficking on purpose, like the people who run all of that stuff. But these people who are addicted and who are just watching these videos because the way it makes you feel aren't realizing that what they're doing, like they're not, if they knew that by watching that video, like this girl was raped for six hours, like, and it was all against her will and she was totally forced into sex trafficking. I hope that she was like made out but you know what I'm saying? Like, pe- most people do not want to support that. But over a billion people mm-hmm. did. And probably most of them didn't know what had happened to Jane Doe. But, like, that's why it's, like, it's so dangerous. Because, like, most of those videos, I guarantee most of them, people aren't I guarantee. consenting. Yep. Or there's violence. Or there's, like, like there's different stuff that it's not actually what Right. No, is. it's not at all. It totally warps the idea of what it is. And it makes it so, um, like, unattainable in a way. Because, like, that's what you mm-hmm. go into it expecting. And then you get angry at your partner um, or um, your sexual partner for, like, not fulfilling your fantasies. When, in reality, that's not how it is at all. And it's very sad because it leads... it usually leads to a lot of like sexual abuse or resentment and a lot of other issues that would never have been there if it weren't for this industry. Yeah, it's extremely toxic and pornography really does fuel sex trafficking all around the world. And I really liked what you said about the post that Fight the New Drug had made. Like you can't be pro-porn no, and anti-sex no trafficking because there's no way. Like, porn fuels the sex trafficking industry. Yeah. Um, Like, a common thing um, for, I know, like, for some couples is to, like, watch it together. I have no idea how that would help you um, because, again, it's, like, making you want to live out this 
fantasy. That's not real at all. And it's like, at that point, it's like not even about like love. It's like about Mm -hmm. trying to live out what you're watching. Um, But I know like that's very popular amongst a lot of people. And they're like, oh, well, like we do it together. Like we're not supporting anything. Like, no, you still are fueling the industry. Right. And um, there's actually an article that you guys can go check out on your own. But Fight the New Drug does have an article about um, why it's unhealthy to mm-hmm. watch it together. Like, it's not healthy right. either way. By yourself or together, like, with other people. Like, no, they have articles healthy, on everything, so. you guys. Like, literally anything you can think of yeah. with this, they have. They have, like, firsthand accounts, like the one we just read. They have um, – because I follow them on Instagram and, like, they have celebrities who have spoken out against it. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in that, go check it out. One of the big celebrities who supports Fight the New Drug, and he actually did an um, an interview on their podcast recently, um, he is mm-hmm. Terry Crews. And Me I really too. like Terry <laughs> Crews. I don't know if any of you guys watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but Terry is so funny in that. Um, and I, yeah, he's a big celebrity. I mean, like, he's, he's a big chicks. celebrity. He's in, like, a ton of stuff, and so, like, to have someone, like, that big really speak out about how pornography addiction, like, I'm pretty sure he talks about, like, how it affected his wife, how it affected his kids, like, all of that stuff, like, what people really need to hear. Because a lot of, like, the big thing is, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shame around pornography addiction um, because it's just not talked about, like, other addictions, like there's like alcoholic anonymous, mm-hmm. or did I say Al-Anon, that right? Alcoholic yeah. anonymous, mm-hmm. yeah, like um, AA, like and there's like anonymous groups for like every addiction, but like AA, like everyone knows about that, and like everyone talks about it, and so there's not as much shame around it. It's like oh, like good for you for getting help, but a lot of people like if they try and get help for their pornography addictions, just because like, I mean, yeah, it's gross, <laughs> it's gross, but people have to understand that like it is an addiction and as long as you're seeking out help and you're like making a commitment to never partake in that again and like it's hard and it's just like any addiction like and you're gonna want to go back to it but like there is a lot of shame around it because like people their first impression like when they hear is like oh that's Mm -hmm. gross because like it is but I think that by talking about it and making like doing our podcast episode on this and like promoting fight the new drug, like fight the new drug is just really trying to like educate people so that more people feel comfortable and realize like, Oh, I'm not alone in this. And I'm not the only one who is struggling with pornography addiction. And I can use these resources to help me, you know, recover from this addiction. Cause it really truly is a real addiction, just like any other addiction would be. And so like, Yes, it's it's not fun to talk about. It's a it's a very private addiction. It's a very private subject because you don't just like right. talk about that. But when we do talk about stuff like this, even though it is uncomfortable, it can build a community of like, you know what? Like I'm not alone in this because there's so many other people who struggle with that. And you can you can find other people who do, and you can find groups. That yeah, it's you. more common than people think, and. I hope by talking about it more, like more people will be inspired to quit the addiction and change and Mm -hmm. work on healing their idea of love and sex and work on like actually 
actually focusing on how they want to love their partner in like an appropriate and kind way, you know, because it, it's very selfish. <laughs> like it just totally warps everything about how you think about relationships and love and how you should treat people. And it totally just objectifies a very like intimate thing. Yeah, no, it totally does. And kind of transitioning off of that because you just highlighted this like it it promotes it like it it turns something that is supposed to be like Mm -hmm. like it's natural like sex is a very natural thing and it turns something that's supposed to be a way to like show affection and like really connect with your partner in a really healthy way it turns it into this violent like Mm -hmm. fake act and so the other point that we wanted to focus on was that pornography promotes sexual violence and so they did some studies on this um and so this is a quote from their article it says one team of researchers with the same question about the violence surrounding pornography um they analyzed hundreds of the most popular porn scenes and found that 88.2 contained 88.2 percent contained physical violence or aggression while 48.7 percent contained verbal aggression And yet another study suggested that 33.9% of the videos on two of the world's most popular pornography sites depicted violence or aggression. And as each of these studies agreed, women were almost always the targets. So something else in the article, which we, I didn't write down, but they talked about how like um, most of these like popular pornography scenes that they like analyze, um, they, they showed like the man being dominant and the woman like um, subjecting to everything he wanted. And that's just a super unhealthy like view because it's an equal thing and it should be like about both partners and not just the man dominating and doing, having the woman do everything he wants. That's very important with like today, like society Mm -hmm. standards and like back then, like that was not talked about either. It's like literally like sex is for the man. Mm -hmm. It's all about his pleasure it like even with pregnancy like the woman carries the baby (laughs) for nine months and like the husband is just pleasure um like during conception um but that's a very good point because as you guys know like we acknowledge like sexual assault and violence against men and women like it's a very prevalent issue but Mm -hmm. with pornography it's mostly women who are targeted and like the studies say like 9.5 times out of 10, like, it's going to be women who are the targets. Right. And, like, most of these scenes, like, they they just depicted, like, physical and verbal aggression and violence. Like, that's not how it should be. And something that I was thinking about is, like, um, now, especially now, because a lot of people have access to the internet like most kids get mm-hmm. smartphones like pretty young these days just because that's how the world is and so now more than ever there's so many young people who are being exposed to pornography at such a young age and so these young people are watching these videos before your right. brain is even close to being developed and before like you've even had like any experience like even like right like any experience with, like, with relationships that's how young these people 
Right. Like that's how young these people are getting exposed to it. And so they're watching these videos and seeing like, oh, this man, like he's being dominant and he's being aggressive, like physically towards this woman. And he's like making him do what, making her do what he wants him to do. So, and it's like, portrayed as the women because they're seeing it. enjoying it in most cases. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, just, it's super unhealthy because like it really like for everyone, mm-hmm. it, it warps the way you think. But like, especially for these young kids, like this is what they're seeing. Like that sex is, but that's not what it is. Like it's all fake. And it just, that even more just promotes like so much more sexual mm-hmm. violence in real life. And we mirror what we see, like, especially right. when we're young. And so, like, for young people watching this, they're like, oh, that's what that's what you do. And so then they start doing that and being violent. And then sexual assaults rise. Or, like, when, especially when young people are watching this and it, like, is making their reward center in their brain release dopamine and that makes them feel good. They're like, oh, I want to experience that too. And so the number of sexual assault and rape cases goes up. Like, it, it's all it is. connected. Yeah. People who say, like, porn doesn't fuel the sex trafficking industry or sexual violence, domestic abuse, like, it's so twisted. <laughs> like, it really does go hand mm-hmm. in hand. It's awful. It's terrible. And so that's really what we wanted to talk about. Um, if you guys want us to dive into any thing more specifically because we've kind of scraped the surface like um I'm really glad that Fight the Mm -hmm. New Drug does have a podcast because literally every single article they have they could do a yeah and like same with us like please like if you want to hear more about any topic of pornography Mm -hmm. like we would be happy to do episodes on that because we could like with each point we made like we could spend like a whole episode delving into it or even more because there's just so much. Um, and like, it's been cool for me to like for fight the new drug. Like I've gone on and read testimonials of people who have quit and have seen noticeable difference that day of their sex life, their relationship with their partner or their spouse. And it's cool to see like the after effects of quitting pornography addiction, because usually we hear about when people are in it and when they're experiencing it. But it's very inspiring to hear after. So, yeah. Yeah. It totally is. So, like Ken said, if you guys do want us to do a more in-depth analysis of any little part of this topic, then let us know because we'd be happy to research it more and give you more of the science and the psychology behind it all Uh, because it is something that we're passionate about and we do believe that if we spread awareness about it, all of us, um, and kind of decrease like the stigma and the shame around it, then more people will want to get help. And hopefully more people will realize like how devastating yeah, the effects are. Definitely. That is our biggest hope. <laughs> yes. So that's all we have for today. Um, you guys can uh, check us out on, if you're listening on Spotify right now, Check us out on YouTube. The YouTube channel is Real Talk About Feminism Podcast. Um, so check us out there. If you're listening on YouTube, go to Spotify, Real Talk About Feminism. Um, and we're going to be posting. So Mackenzie, she has a personal vlog channel. 
And so she's like really good at all <laughs> that sweet. stuff. It's and fun. So, um, we're yeah, like that. She she has fun doing it. And like when mm-hmm. we went to St. George, like she yeah, was doing along with that. Actually. It was really cute. It turned out really good. Yeah. Um. So she's gonna start vlogging because um I'm only gonna be here for five more months before I go back to school. So she's just gonna start vlogging and posting some of the vlogs on her channel, and we'll make a playlist on the mm-hmm. YouTube for that for vlogs. So if you want to see more about like. How, how we live our lives and like what we do, like definitely tune into those. Yeah, it will. I, fun for you guys I actually am recording one today, so it'll be really fun. It should be edited and uploaded within a few days. So please go check it out. Mm-hmm. Yes, go check it out. And um, as always, reach out to us on Instagram at Real Talk About Feminism and we Bye. will see you guys next week.